made it here. Amen. Hallelujah. Good to have Judy with us again this morning. So good to see her in church. Amen. I'm so glad everybody's here. Hallelujah. I'm not going to say everybody's here that ought to be here, but uh, we are glad you are here. Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32. I'm probably going to take my time a bit this morning. We had a Bible study Wednesday night and talked about different goals that we should have to be strong Christians. I think that ought to be everybody's goal. Amen. That ought to be our, our our desire, not just to get in the door, but help me be strong and help me to do well. Amen. Praise God. And we ended up on unity. And uh, we want to talk a little bit more about unity. We want to talk a little bit more about uh, God unifying the church and sometimes what gets in our way. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for truth, God. Thank you for brothers and sisters, God, that, Lord, are just hungry for more of you. They, we love you, Lord. We love you, God. And we ask you to, in this last day when the enemy's fighting so, so many ways, God, I pray that you'll bind us together. And, Lord, that you would work in a great way. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Deuteronomy 32, 9 says, For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. I'm going to let you be seated right there. God bless you. Hallelujah. With me this morning. Amen. Help me preach this morning. Pay attention to what God wants to say to us because it is so important in this last day when people are so... There, there is such a, 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 a polarization. We use that word a lot in society. And there are a lot of things we need to be against and against wholeheartedly that are going on. But yet we need to bind together more than ever. Amen. And in a day when so many churches are there, well, they're, they're suffering because so many are satisfied to sit at home and, and, and watch a, a live stream or listen to a, a podcast. And I'm all for, you know, getting a hold of that during the week, but we need one another. We need a unity. We need a fellowship and a strength that comes from gathering together. Amen. That encouragement, that prayer that we can pray together is so vital to the strength of the church. Amen. And I know there's a lot of folks fighting loneliness, they're fighting depression, they're, they're, they're fighting so much anxiety, and in this last day, praise God, the church needs more than ever to stand side by side and say, you know what, hallelujah, whatever happens, whatever, whatever comes down the pike, I'm going to be here fighting alongside of you, amen. I was sharing with somebody here just very recently. I've been through a lot of battles, seen a lot of people, praise God, preachers and, and friends and saints just, just go by the wayside. And I said, I want to live a life that everybody can say, you know what? I don't know what's in tomorrow. I don't know how hard it's going to be. I don't know how this battle is going to just continue to shake our, our foundation. But you know what? There's somebody. I, I know that Brother Flosser is going to be standing. He's going to be there. He's going to be helping me. He's going to believe the same thing. I want to live a life that people can have some confidence in. Amen. And I believe every one of us needs to have that goal. That no matter what takes place, praise God, there's somebody that's going to fight with me, not against me. There's somebody that's going to help me. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's look at our scripture here. I want to read down through this because it's just so good. 
the Lord's portion in his, is his people. That's, that's God's inheritance. That's God's, that's what God delights in us. His people. Amen. He loves us. Praise God. He cares about us. Hallelujah. He found. Now, listen, this is talking about in, again, these shadows that we see in the Old Testament that we can fit ourselves into. And he's talking to the Jewish people, the Israelites here in the wilderness, getting ready to go into the promised land. But, you know, every one of us has this testimony. He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. Isn't that the, doesn't that seem like your old life where God found you? Just in a waste place, in a wilderness, in, in confusion, in a mess. Amen. He led him about. He instructed him. Aren't you glad he taught you? We were talking earlier about those old things passing away. God will teach you that this is just smart to go ahead and give up those weights. This is just wise to go ahead and start living right. I, I hear people talk. I think somebody testified about the other day. Oh, you got all those rules. Are you kidding me? Uh, God's shown me a better way. God's taught me how to grow and, and grow up, amen, and live a great life. When he pulled me out of darkness, when he pulled me out of that wilderness, he did me a favor. It's not rules. It's victory. It's freedom. Amen. When he tells me, hey, don't touch that. That's no good for you. He's right. Repent of sin. But look at this. He instructed him and kept him as the apple of his eye. You know, I always start out and I always say, you know, I'm just going to go easy today. And I get excited when I think about the Lord Almighty, a father in heaven, a friend. And he's he keeps us as the apple of his eye. He, he, he just loves us. Amen. It, it's it's uh, it, it's almost as if, as if he excites us. Amen. Praise God. Or he, he, he it, we are exciting to him rather. Amen. But look at this, verse 11, as an eagle stirreth up her nest. We've talked about that before, how an eagle will lay down a, le- a nest and for its young. And it's, it's got all that down that it plucked from its, it, it, its own feathers and so soft and so comfortable. But underneath there's thorns. Underneath there's, there's, there's twigs and branches that are, that, that are, are, are uncomfortable and he'll stir that nest up and get down in there. What are you doing, God? Hey, maybe some of the uncomfortableness in your life is God stirring the nest. Why would he do such a thing? Cause he wants you to fly. Because he doesn't want you to be lazy in your spiritual life, but he wants to get you uncomfortable in that area of uh, of just being complacent and, and cause you to stretch out your wings and see that he made you to be an eagle. That he's got greater plans for you. Oh, I'm going to just go ahead and do what I always tell you I'm not going to do, and I'm going to get ahead of myself a little bit. Because I'll tell you what the devil fights against in you more than anything He's, you say, oh, he's giving me a bad day. He don't care if your day's good or bad. Oh, he just flattened my tire and made me late for things. You think the devil cares if you're on time or late? What he fights against is the potential of who you could be as a threat to his kingdom. We're not even sometimes thinking about what the enemy's trying to do. God's saying, I want to stir the nest. And sometimes when your life isn't so comfortable, you think, oh, the devil's after me. God did it. God is working to try to get you to fly. It's not so much being uncomfortable and comfortable as blessing and cursing. Sometimes that comfortable place is where the curse is because God's saying you're sitting there in this nest laying around like you're a chicken when you're an eagle. And you need to learn how to fly and quit pecking at the dirt. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm just going to take it easy this morning. 
The eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on their wings. He's going to teach you how to fly. If you'll listen, he's going to teach you how to fly. He's going to teach you how to fight the enemy. He's going to teach you how to overcome in your life. Amen. But he's going to teach you how to help other people overcome. Going to teach you how to help people get victory. Amen. Hallelujah. I know a lot of folks are busy. And I've had a lot of people get upset with me. Let me just throw this in. Maybe if you have questions, we can talk about it later. But a lot of busy folks come by and say, hey, be a part of this and do this. We're doing something for God. We're doing something for God. And I look and I stop and say, are you really doing something for God? Or you just feel like you're getting busy. And is it really helping his kingdom? Is it really doing something for God? I'll tell you what, praise God. Uh, I want to I want to be about my father's business and fighting the battles that he's called me to and fighting battles that might not be the easiest battles. It might not be the most convenient, but it's what God is desiring for us in this place at this time to further his will. But look at this. So the Lord alone did lead them. There was no strange God with them. Thank God. He made him ride on high places of the earth that he might eat the increase of the field. Somebody say, I'm blessed. Made him suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. I'm going to tell you, no matter how tough things get, God's going to take care of his people. No matter how hard your life is, God's going to be. If you keep your eyes on him, I know there's people that will not take a step forward. Oh, just like the children of Israel there at the boundary of the promised land. Oh, there's battles. And how will I do that? I'm safe and sound here. No matter what kind of battle you're fighting, God's going to be there to bless you. Hallelujah. Butter of kine, milk of sheep, fat of lambs, rams, the breed of Bashan, and goats, and the fat of kidneys, of wheat. And thou didn't drink the pure blood of the grape, but Jeshurun. That's just another little kind of a nickname for, for the, the Jewish people. Jeshurun, listen to this, but they waxed fat. They, got, they were blessed. They were so blessed. God is so good to them. And look what happened. And kicked. And thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick, thou art covered with fatness, and forsook God which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. God takes good care of you as a, as a child of his and teaches you and leads you. And you say, I'm so blessed. And you lose your zeal. You lose your desire to grow. You lose your desire to, to fight the battle. Amen. Oh, somebody needs to hear me this morning. I know we're tired, but listen to what I'm trying to say. God's got a potential in you. God's got a plan in you to be a soldier, to be a warrior, to to work for him and do for him, for his kingdom. And, And so often we get ourselves in a place where God's just so good and we get lukewarm. And they lightly esteemed the God of his salvation. That's why worship, like what we... Encourage you to worship in this house today. Put your heart into it. Put your soul into it. Amen. Some of you say, well, I just cry every time I come into the presence of God. Don't lightly esteem the presence of God. That's great. Keep crying. Keep praying. Keep, let it eat you up. Let it, let it move you. Let, let let it, let it, let God have his way. But when we lightly esteem, you know, I'm not backsliding. I'm not giving up. I'm not, hey, wait a minute. Who's talking about that? Where's your heart to just do everything you can to love God? But the Bible says they lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations provoked they to anger. Sometimes now all of a sudden 
there's there's phrases in the Bible that are so so dangerous because God's God's not going to share your can I say his glory with somebody else. Some places it says, well, they 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 feared God, but they served idols all at the same time. Hey, you're going to have one master. Thank God for friends and things that we do all in God. Amen. But God's first and foremost in everything. And there's no number two is not even close. The Bible says they provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. Things started moving in. They're so blessed. Everything's going so well. God's blessing. Sometimes that's when you have to be the most careful. And they begin to get lazy spiritually and. They're not praying like they once prayed. They're not in the word like they once were. This, and, and, and now all of a sudden things start slowly getting more important than God and God's will and God's plan, God's purpose for them. Provoked him to jealousy with strange gods, with abominations, provoked him, they, him to anger. They sacrificed to devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, who your fathers feared not. Of the rock that begat them, thou, thou art unmindful. And has forgotten the God that formed God that formed thee. And when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them because of the provoking of his sons and his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be for they are very forward. That means to be perverse. They're a very perverse generation. The children in whom is no faith. They move me to jealousy with that which is not God. They provoke me to anger with their vanities. That's what it is. It's just emptiness. It's nothing. And I will move them to jealousy for those who are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. Hey, we're getting to something here. For, listen, now drop down to verse 28. For they are a nation void of counsel. Neither is there any understanding in them. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, and that they would consider their latter end. Consider where you're heading. Consider where this road leads you. Consider, praise God. I, I wasn't planning on sharing this, and some of you don't remember you weren't here when when there was a couple that uh they they had a little bit of a drive to get to church uh, William and Kathy Smith and I got a call this morning I hadn't even got a chance to tell my wife this that William uh called and said that Kathy had passed away and uh, I I was pretty shocked she had contacted me just a few days ago to be praying and said that they were considering hospice and of course that sounds very very uh, uh, serious, but I just guess I didn't realize how short a time that she really did have. And this man, uh, I still have the message back there, began to just say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please tell everybody I'm so sorry that I didn't come to church. I've been asking God to please forgive me. I said it was too far. I said it was too much. I said it was, I said I didn't have the time for that. And I, I was wrong. Please forgive me. And he begged over and over on the voicemail. Please know that I'm praying and praying and have asked God to forgive me so many times. I should have never left. I should have never said it was too much. I should have never said that, 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 that I couldn't make it. I should have never said that I was too tired. I, I wish it, I wish I would have never, listen to me, regrets. Today's the day to assure that you don't have regrets tomorrow. Today's the day to make wise decisions that may be inconvenient. Amen. Praise God. The Bible says that they would consider their latter end. That you would consider, hey, I want to be. I, I, I know I want to be strong. I, I want to, to, to be directed by God. I want to be in the, in the center of his will and nowhere else. But look what it says in verse 30. 
How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight except their rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up? Now, it was God's will for the people of God to be the chasers, to be the victors in the battle. Amen. That one would chase a thousand and two ten thousand. Can you understand what he's saying here? Praise God. That in God's plan and in God's wisdom of victory for the child of God, it is his will that we not only have that kind of victory over our enemies, that one would be able to take care of a thousand, but if we could join together in the power of unity, that two would not chase two thousand, but two would chase ten thousand. Now, in this context, this is where God's people have fallen, that the enemy is doing that to them. But God's will is that we do this to the enemy. Leviticus, you don't need to turn to it, but it talks about chasing your enemies. And they shall fall before you by the sword. And five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. The importance of unity. The importance of binding together, praying together, encouraging one another is so overlooked in the church world today that we can say, hey, I'm okay and I love God and I'm just kind of sitting at home with my bowl of Cheetos and in my jammies and I like that preaching. Let me tell you something. We need to be on the front lines of the battle and recognize that we can't do as near as much alone as we can together. It's God's will. It's God's will that we be a family. I know there's a lot of people, you know what, they're used to this playing church, going through the motions, these uh, organizations that are man-made, that are, that, that are making them feel like they're on some kind of path. But you know what, when they see the real kind of fellowship, when they see the real kind of reliance on one another, when they see the real kind of praying together and joining together in the Spirit of God, oh, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Why is that weird? Because you've been deceived. We need one another. We need this family. We need this. We need this union. Amen. This, this unity, if you will, in this last day to encourage, to strengthen, to help. Amen. And we need it to fight the fight that we are fighting in this last day. Amen. I've seen too many people. They they say they're not giving up on God. They say they're still as strong as ever. They're doing better than ever. But the devil has deceived them thinking they can do it all by themselves. And they've got their own way. They've got their own stubbornness. They've got their own rebellion. They cannot get along with anybody or anything and join together as a body. Amen. Hey, you're not going to see the victory like you need to. Hallelujah. There are hindrances. Hallelujah. It's never been my desire. I I shouldn't even have to say something like this. It's never been my desire to to be exalted, to have any kind of uh, real position uh, of honor in any way. God gets the glory. But I'm saying, hey, we need to come together. 
We need to hear a certain sound of leadership and we need to rally behind that. And we can't uh, afford to be distracted by, oh, but you know what? Hallelujah. This is going on and that. And we got to get focused on what's most important for right here and right now. And hallelujah. And that's not, that's not building up numbers. That's not trying to build up uh, uh, authority. That's just saying, hey, if we're going to be effective, we need this kind of unity. That's what God said in his word. Amen. We need to lay a so much of, of pettiness and say, hey, we need to strengthen and build up one another. I told you it's uh, it's amazing to me. We saw in the book of Genesis very, very early on that uh, in the construction of the Tower of Babel, that they are joining together and uh, and God looks down and says, they're, they're just trying to make a name for themselves is what it said. It was, it was flesh. It was, it was self-idolatry, if you will. And uh, they're going to build something and make a name for themselves. It's going to reach up into the heavens, and, and they're going to prove how, how mighty they are. And, and God just said, I'm going to confound their languages, and I'm going, to, I'm going to break this thing up. It's going to be done and over with right now. Amen. And, uh, but he says in that, the kind of unity that they have, nothing will be impossible for them. Nothing can be kept from them because of that kind of unity that was going on. Hey, I want to tell you, it was God's will many thousands of years later, hallelujah, in a small upper room in Jerusalem. Amen. Where 120 were gathered in that upper room and they were all in one place and what? In one accord. There was unity there. Can I tell you, there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Tongues of fire sat on each of them. And their languages, praise God, were confounded and changed. Hallelujah. And that was the birth of a time when God's saying, I'm bringing together a unity. I'm bringing together a fellowship. I'm bringing together a church. Hallelujah. Family that is going to be unified to not make a name for themselves, but to exalt my name. And can I tell you, the church has fought against this unity and discord ever since. But God God's got a people that are going to lay aside all the things that are trying to divide them and work together to fight the devil and win. Amen. We need this in our lives. You're fighting battles in your home. You're fighting battles in your health. You're fighting that spiritual darkness that comes against you at times. We can't do it alone. We need one another. The devil's always tried to divide and conquer. One of the very strategies that we see in the Old Testament was the siege. They would, the armies would just camp around a city and block off any, any imports and any exports. They would just shut them down and wait, isolate them, make them alone where nobody can come help them and wait it out because eventually they will weaken. Eventually they will destroy their own selves. Amen. There is one place in the Bible what a horrific, just, tragedy that occurs during the siege of the enemy against them that they begin to just die of starvation because they can't get any help from anybody else and they begin to eat their own children can i tell you a lot of the problem with the church today that is self-cannibalizing what do you mean by that they're biting and devouring one another the bible says in the book of galatians Talks about just gossip and backbiting and disunity in the church. Because you blocked yourself off. You've allowed the devil to keep you from...
from ever reaching out to help and saying, I'm weak, I need help. I, I need somebody to pray with me. I need to bind together. You've isolated yourself. You've pushed everybody out of your life. And you said, I'm going to be all right. And you spend your time picking and picking and picking and picking. Hello? I want to tell you something. We're going to have to encourage one another and say, hey, I, you're, I don't have all the gifts. I don't have everything. I need you, amen, to help me out. Amen. Hallelujah. I used to kid around with a, with a preacher friend of mine because it kind of showed this attitude, really, that we were both so strongly against of feeling like you've got it all. And I'd say, yeah, hey, I'm proud to introduce myself. I'm Melvin Flosser. I am, uh, I am the walking embodiment of the fivefold ministry, fully operating in all nine gifts of the Spirit. <laughs> Don't need anybody else. I'm the pastor, evangelist, teacher, apostle, and prophet. And I've got all the... Hey, I want to tell you what. Nobody walking has that kind of anointing. God didn't make it that way. We need one another as a body. And we need one another to fight this end time battle. I want to talk about some things. 1 Corinthians 14. I know if you've been here very long, you want to hear me quote this or, or read it. 1 Corinthians 14 talks about the gifts of the Spirit. I want to talk about three hindrances that we see that keeps unity from really happening. And because of that, we have our small little victories, but God's got greater victories ahead. Hello, anybody? Number one is selfishness. Selfishness. The Bible says about the gifts of the Spirit in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 14, for so much, even so ye, rather... For as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Whatever you got, it ought to be a blessing. It ought not build you up. It ought to build the church up. It ought not just to make you feel good. It ought to bless other people. Amen. There are too many people that get in church and their whole focus is me, myself, and I. If it doesn't affect me directly, then it's not important to me. They are just trying their best to not backslide, not be lost, not go, not, not fail. And, and, and maybe my, you know, my four and no more, as some have said, amen, uh, pray for uh, my family. And, and, but you know what? Never really getting into church and saying, hey, this isn't about me. It's about us. Hey, this isn't about what I like. This is about us. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know what? When we get that as a church, we can all say, hey, you know, it's not about us. We need to reach souls. Hallelujah. What about my neighbors? What about those people I'm doing business with there in the grocery store and different places in the community? Hey, I need to be doing something for God. We fought too many folks that say, you know what? What if I'm not up in the pulpit? If I'm not doing this, if I'm not doing that, then it's not it's not about your reputation. And, you know, you can smell that a mile away. When people aren't really trying to help, they're trying to feel good about themselves. You know, somebody will never really hear that kind of counsel when they get that proud. That you can obviously see that they're talking more about themselves and their gifts and their abilities. And praise God. And it's not about trying to minister and serve. You know, you just need sometimes step aside and grab a towel and start helping wash people's feet. Amen. It's a dirty job sometimes. Hallelujah. It's beneath people just to stoop down and pick up a piece of paper sometimes. Amen. To just try to get something done. To try to help somebody. The Bible talks about giving just a, 
a, a cup of cold water to a child. Hallelujah. Just different ways when you come into the house of God that, that how, how does it cross your mind? I, I, I want to help. I want to be a blessing. I want to, I want to bear a burden. I want to, I want to let somebody know. Just stop a little while before you leave. Amen. And look around and say, Hey, is there somebody that needs a, needs encouragement? Somebody that just need, well, I can hear, Hey, I'm so glad you're here again this week. Hallelujah. Get past yourself. Say, I'm in such a hurry. I, I, sometimes that's, that's very real. Praise God. But don't, don't, don't just forget that there's people around you that, that God is, is reaching for. Selfishness, self-centeredness keeps us from unity. It'll break down your home. When you feel like you're the only one that matters and your, your, your opinions are the only one that really count. Praise God. When you come to church and what you like and what you want is the only only thing that really matters, praise God. And it's not, hey, how can I help what God is trying to do? Amen. When you stop thinking, you say, oh, but I, I need to pray and I need you ought to have a good enough walk with God that you get to a place where you realize, hey, I want to help the preacher preach. I want to help the singer sing. I want to help the worshipers worship. I want I want God. I want to help the Holy Ghost move. Amen. In, in, in any way I can, God say, wait a minute now. We all need help. But does God need help? God wants help. God wants you to enter in. God wants you to yield to him and submit to him. We get to church and it's take, 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 give me, give me, give me. Amen. We get around one another and we're thinking about what they are saying to me and what they're I, I often I've seen folks that have been in church their whole lives and, and, and they oh they're so upset and they oh yeah, you know, this has happened to me and they do this to me and I stop, stop and think, how you know, wait a minute, we could stop and say, What about what you do to them and how you act to them and 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 I can tell you this right now, when somebody is that carnal, that that backslid and you start saying, well, wait a minute, you know, you know, that goes both ways. Ah, see, you're making it about me. Well, it is. It is about us. Amen. Selfishness. Selfishness. First, John one. First, John one. Unity. will bring an exponential victory. You know what exponential means? That's, you know, you start adding numbers. One times one plus one, two plus two, three plus three. You know, you come out with a bigger number. And God adds us together. He doesn't just just add the amount of victory onto it. It's exponential. It's even more than two times two and three times two. It's not even multiplied. The, when, when it's multiplied, the, the response, the product, if you will, is even greater. But it is exponential with God. It's like two to the second power. Three to the th- second power. Amen. And when, when you start adding, one chases a thousand, but two chase ten thousand. That's not just addition and multiplication. That is exponential, hallelujah, uh, answers and responses from God. But you'll never get that without unity. And this kind of battles that some of us are fighting right now, it's going to take more than what we only have by ourselves. 
First John one verse six says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. I like how that is worded. Do not the truth. You should do more than believe the truth. You ought to be doing the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ. His son cleanseth us from all sin. If we walk in the light, sin is going to hinder the battle. Amen. When we start acting like our adversary, we start picking up. Hallelujah. Help us, God. We start picking up his ways, his traits, and saying, oh, God, you understand. And God's so merciful and full of grace, and he's overlooking all that. Hey, listen, you need to get past all that and recognize we're fighting the devil. We're not going to wear his uniform. We're not trying to be as close as we can to how the enemy is. We want to get as close as we can to Jesus. And as we walk in the light, that's some of that sanctification we're talking about. Walking in the light where my life is is submitted and surrendered to God. If there's something in my life I know is wrong, I know it's not God's will. I'm going to take care of that before I leave this house. Lord, I want you to have full control of me. Amen. Sin is going to keep us from that unity. I want to be here. To fight alongside of my brothers. When they stumble, I want to be there to help them get them up. When they're struggling, I want to help them fight to, to the, to the goal. Amen. I want to, I, I don't want to be the one that immediately starts pointing a finger, immediately starts, you know, pecking at them when they, they stumble. I, I want to help them. Amen. And we're going to get to that in a little bit more here in a bit, but, but when you've made up your mind, I'm just going to do wrong and this is the direction I'm going. I'll never give up praying for you, but I won't walk with you. I I can't walk with with somebody who is just if if you're stumbling and you want to make heaven your home, if you're failing and you want to you want to do it. But when you make up your mind, hey, I I just I just don't want to live for God. I just don't want to serve God. I don't want to I don't want to give up on my my pet sins that I have. Praise God. I'm going to pray for you and pray for you and pray for you. Amen. Hallelujah. But it's going to affect fellowship. It's going to affect the battle. Amen. It's going to affect sin will affect the battle. You know, the Bible talks about a man named Achan, doesn't it? You know, he was the, the children of Israel didn't know what it was like to be defeated. They were on God's side. They, they fought their battles and won. But one day after was it Jericho's battle, Achan finds himself a, a Babylonian garment, finds himself some some. Uh, a wedge of gold and says, this is going to be good. And God said, to destroy it all. And he said, I'm going to take all this stuff. And I heard it said already, I don't know what he was going to do with it. He hides it under his bed. What was he going to do? Wear it downtown? Right. Was he going to do spend it? I mean, everybody would have seen that he was rebellious. I'm going to, I'm going to hide this away. So the next battle that they have there in the promised land after Jericho was just a small little place. They didn't even have a big name. It was just AI. Spelled A-I. <laughs> and somebody said, this is an easy one. Little city, little name. We got this in the bag. Some of you guys can stay home. They go up against A-I, and A-I just whips them all over the field. 
And Joshua says, this shouldn't happen. We're on the winning side. We're on God's side and God's on our side. And he said, hey, God, I thought we were on your side. He said, I thought so, too. But there's sin in the camp. And that didn't just affect Achan. That's going to affect his family. And that's going to affect everybody around him. Amen. You know, you read in the book of 1 Corinthians, help us, Lord. A little leaven leavens a whole lump. It's going to affect. You're going to feel that when we're coming into the presence of God. You're going to feel like, hey, God's not. Now, sinners walk in and people who need God, God's, God's so happy to have you here. But rebellion? But those that are saying, I'm going to hold on willingly to sin and just plead the grace of God. You read about the grace of God in the book of Jude. He said some have turned the grace of God into lasciviousness. You read about it in Romans, the sixth chapter. Should I sin that grace may abound? God forbid. We don't justify sin because we've got grace. Help us, Lord. Sin will affect the unity. Amen. We need examples in the church. We need examples in church. We need to see when, when our children come around and the people we're praying for and they say, hey, there's, there's a brother, there's a sister, there's somebody we have confidence in. And they see you, you're an example to them. You're an ambassador. It matters when they see your, your example. Amen. You're teaching. Hey, this is what a Christian lives. This is what a Christian does. Oh, you say I'm should be perfect. You ought to be striving with everything you can to live for God. And when you sin and fail, you forget. God, please forgive me and help me. That's sanctification. Sin is going to going to affect your your battle. Amen. One more in Galatians six. I guess in some ways this last point that I want to make is the most deceptive. I know this is a warning. I know this is teaching that is uh, maybe not just going to have you climbing the walls and shouting from the rafters, but Galatians 6, we started touching on this. Verse 1, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. That's restoration. That means, hey, I've messed up. I need help. Hey, I'm here to help you. That's not, hey, you sin, that's okay. First Corinthians, we see a man who is sinning, and Paul said, what are you doing? You need to deal with that. That needs to be repented of. Don't, don't be so inclusive. Don't be so tolerant of sin. But if man be overtaken in a fault, we restore one with spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think him to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. I want to spend just a little bit of time here before we close this. We talked about selfishness and we talked about sin. I want to talk about self-righteousness. I had somebody ask me a while back, you know, when folks leave, why do they normally leave? It's kind of an odd question. I'm not sure what they were getting at or what the point was. But I said, well, we don't have a lot of folks that really just, uh, and this is a little sarcastic before I say it. So we don't have a lot of people that really, really uh, backslide. They just get so spiritual that they outgrow us. They're just so spiritual. My teaching becomes just so 
so ridiculous to them and, and my desire to live for God and my hunger for the things of God, they've surpassed it so much they can't even help me because I'm, I'm just a, a lost cause, I suppose. See, I don't think I'm the strongest person in, uh, in the community. I don't even think I'm the strongest person in the building. Hallelujah. Praise God. But if you see something that you could help with, praise God, by all means, please help. But to condemn, to criticize, to tear down, and in a cancel culture like today, try to destroy your brother or your sister because you think you're spiritual. That's not being spiritual. Oh, I saw something in the Bible Then I disagree with you, Pastor. Well, help me out. Let's have a Bible study. Those almost never happen. I say almost. I, 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 I feel like I, I, I see more than you. Okay, well, praise God. Let's sit down and, and get into the Word of God and pray about this. Oh, no, no, no. I just thought maybe I'd go somewhere else and tell them how rotten you are. <laughs> Whew, that's a, that's just like Jesus did for me. One day he found me in a mess of sin and saw me and he pointed and laughed, told everybody what a mess I was. Hey, I'll tell you something. Self-righteousness, like the Pharisees that sat around and told Jesus how he cast out devils was wrong, how he healed the sick was wrong, how he preached was wrong, how he loved people was wrong. That's self-righteousness, praise God, I think is more damaging to any church than than sin ever has been. I know some of you think, well, hey, I'm not downplaying sin. Sin has slain its thousands, but self-righteousness, it's ten thousands. Amen. People that come to a place and they are so spiritual that they have, they, they have nobody that can see it just like they see it. Something's wrong with that because the Bible says a little different than that. It says there's no scripture that's private interpretation. Well, you don't understand. We're living in these last days. Hey, God told Elijah there's seven thousand out there. That haven't bowed the knee to Baal. Self-righteousness. That you go home and you just tear down and you destroy while you're up on your holy hill. Listen to me. Jesus came down off the holy hill and started helping and serving and loving. Amen. Not looking for reasons to tear down and destroy. Not looking for reasons to, to separate himself and, 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 and be the, the, the big eye. But to start loving and serving and say, how can I be a blessing? How can I build you up? How can I show you that I care about you and I want to help you? Oh, how we need that kind of unity in the church today. Because let me tell you something about people. We're all just people. We're all just people. I'm not talking about carelessness. I'm not talking about just justifying sin. But I'm talking about people that do stumble. People that do sometimes people that misunderstand sometimes people that mean they are doing all they know to do and it's just never quite good enough. Listen to me. We need a unity that says, hey, you keep trying. I'm with you with you. You keep trying. I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to point. I'm not going to condemn. I want to help you. I want to help you win a battle. I want to help you win the victory. I want to help you get to heaven and I want to help everybody that you care about get there, too. Self-righteousness causes us to think that we got something everybody else doesn't see, everybody else doesn't care about. But true righteousness will serve. True righteousness will endeavor to keep the unity. Try to build it up and not destroy it. So often I see people that have said, oh, I'll tell you what, I love God so much, I'll I'll destroy unity, I'll I'll, I'll cancel out the church and try to ruin the brothers and sisters. And How is that loving God? 
How is that love in God? There's people that need God. There's people that need victory. There's people that are hurting. There's people that are bound. There's people that don't know any better. They walk into this church sometimes. They don't. They've never been in a church. And maybe the churches they were in had, were so foreign to what God is doing in this day today. And you see that and you say, why don't they know any better? They've never experienced it. We are living in such a strange day. We are living in such a different day. And we are seeing people that, that are so, it is, it's, well, I've heard it called a post, post-Christian era. Where everybody, there was a time when I was younger, everybody, if you didn't go to Sunday school when you were younger, certainly you were around somebody that did. You, you knew who Jonah was. You knew who David, hey, we know people that never even heard of David and Goliath. We've heard of people that don't even know Moses. Amen. They, they, they have no idea who Daniel and the lion's den is and they come around and it's never even crossed their mind what it means to, to pray, to worship and people that aren't even sure. Is there a God in heaven or what, what kind of, they come out of this world that's told them that, that they can, they can marry, uh, uh, the same sex or maybe there isn't even such thing as a gender anymore. They're coming out of that and they need to find a place and they need to be taught and learn. Amen. I'm telling you, common sense isn't in common anymore. But the problem is we need to respond to that in a way that says, hey, I'm here to help you learn. I'm here to help you grow. I'm here to help teach you how to, how to, to know God. Self-righteousness is like the priest and the Levite that saw that one left for dead. And said, you know what, I might get sanctimoniously unclean if I reach down and try to help that. I don't know where they've been. They might have been messing with hogs for all I know. They might be a drug addict for all I know. They might be a homosexual for all I know. They might be, who knows what they might be. uh, They might be a a Hindu or a Muslim for all I know. Hey, guess what? Praise God. Let's try to minister to somebody. Let's show them that Jesus is the answer. Let's show self-righteousness just goes on its way. But that good Samaritan stopped and said, I'm going to help. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to take my finances and I'm going to going to bring them and, and, and help them any way that I can. But what if they don't? But what if they go on? That's up to them and God. Self-righteousness goes its way and says, I'm glad I'm not like them. Self-righteousness sits in church and looks at the one next to them and says, you know what? I'm glad I'm not like that hypocrite. I'm glad I'm not like that heathen. I, I give and I fast and I do this and I do that. And God's singing, listening to your singing, your praises and saying you're praying all by yourself, man. Yep. Hallelujah. But unity, unity is going to have to happen when self-righteousness gets repented of. Self-righteousness that says I'm better than everybody else around me. Self-righteousness says I ought to be the team captain. Self-righteousness that says, hey, it was my prayers. It was my giving. It was my work. Help us, Lord. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Unity will help us fight the devil and win. Unity will help us, praise God, get exponential results where two can chase 10,000. Amen. But self-righteousness will cause us to be defeated. Self-righteousness, which is pride, will cause God himself to resist us. Oh, hallelujah. Can we just bow our heads and reach out to God right now? Oh, hallelujah. I, I, I want to...
I want to encourage somebody today, Sister Katie, if you could come, please, to the music. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The devil's fighting these last days, and I'm going to tell you something. We got victory over the devil. We've got a great victory, and together we can accomplish great things. Hallelujah. Together we can accomplish great things. But the devil's working overtime to divide us. The devil's working overtime to to keep you from the potential that you have. To recognize that your potential when you overcome, listen now, when you overcome sin in your life and selfishness in your life, when you overcome self-righteousness in your life, but listen, and bind together with brothers and sisters to pray. To work, to labor for God's kingdom. To do His will. When there's unity in the church, I've heard people ask, where are the miracles? Where are the signs and the wonders? Hey, hallelujah. What you'll see over and over and over again in a book of Acts is a people that bind together, not tear apart. A people that are in unity and in one accord. In one accord, you'll see it over and over again in their fellowship, in their worship, in their prayers. In one accord, in one accord. Hallelujah. But sin and self-righteousness, selfishness, it's the work of the enemy. To divide and conquer. It's the work of the enemy. Help us, God. Help us, God, to bind our hearts together. Can we find a place to pray? This might not have been what you were expecting today, but I'm telling you, if we're going to be effective for the kingdom of God, we're going to fight these battles and win. we got to recognize how the enemy tries to work against unity.
Take it with you. God's trying to help you to grow, to come up to a new level. that the church has when we bind together against the enemy when we work together as a family of God is a threat it's a threat to the devil's kingdom when we bind our hearts together in one place in one accord God will work in greater measures. So many ways the enemy comes against that. So many ways the enemy fights that. But we need to be wise and say, okay, God, help me, Lord, examine myself. Lord, have I become selfish, selfish, self-centered? Is there sin in my life? Have I become self-righteous where I look down at those around me and criticize and condemn? Or do I look for opportunities to edify, to build, to bless, to help? Oh, Lord, help me. Help me to be your servant. Let's all stand. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, so much for your mercy, for your kindness, God, and for thank you for this great salvation. God, help us to to unify, God, to purposely work towards the goal of being in one place, in one accord. God, that you would bind every power of the enemy, that you would deliver us from the darkness of the enemy, God, in this last day, throughout this land, God, as we pray and as we fight, God, there would be victory. Oh, we love you so much. Now I ask you, Lord, please keep us safe as we travel, Lord. Let this word just continue to work in our hearts and minds, God. And just, Lord, bless the service tonight, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.